Kitchen Podcast. How's it going? This is episode one of the Comedy Kitchen Podcast, a podcast all about open mic stand-up comedy. Mm. First one's just with me, Greg Winfield, Dow Hembra, and Dan Hirschbein. But normally, we'll have a different guest on every time. And this week, we'll be discussing things like our first ever gig and how that went. Uh, how we've uh, dealt with the bad reactions that we've got. Little things that we've tried to try and improve over time. As well as things like Dan's involvement in the capture of Gary Glitter. The troubling past of Ronnie Barker's son. And uh, a little glimpse into uh, a particularly strange episode of David Bowie's life. And also the first ever small protest and walkout uh, that I experienced at a gig recently for which I will be issuing an 11 minute apology for the uh, virulent and relentless misogyny that caused it uh, but there's stuff other people can be upset about as well keep listening could be a winner but uh, yeah you're going to join it as we uh, attempt to describe each other to you so you know who you're listening to uh, but I'll catch up with you at the end enjoy all right then. Well, Dar- right. First of all, Daryl Hembra, Bristol-based comedian, and general layabout. And, yeah, yeah. He's, he's unemployed. Um, those two things are synonymous often. Yeah. And uh, as what Mr. Shabali described as a glorious cranium, was it a glorious cranium? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, he's he's a unique-looking fella. I don't. What you need to do to understand Daryl and pretty much all that he's worth is... Watch the Goonies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or Google uh, Google Pfeiffer Syndrome. Could you spell oh, it, oh, yeah. Daryl? Because no. he looks like he can't spell it, but he definitely can. Look up. Fucking hell. Look up, I, look up, I like, can't spell I'm, it. I feel like Michelle, is it spelled like Michelle Pfeiffer? Is it like... Yeah, 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 it's actually... Yeah. My name's Michelle, but... There you go. So, so it's you... Pfeiffer syndrome. He looks exactly like Michelle Pfeiffer, in a way. If she was <laughs> a very bad accident. Yay! Now, I, I don't sign up to what's happening here. <laughs> Expand on this, Daryl. No. No, no, he's going to stay all Look out. quiet in Look the corner yeah. there. I'm too, retarded. I'm, I'm too retarded to say anything. As far as, <laughs> as, far as I know, Daryl Syndrome is purely physical. Um, <laughs> we, we are looking to get it called Daryl Syndrome. Daryl Syndrome, yes. <laughs> On the back of this podcast. <laughs> Maybe that again should be the title, Daryl Syndrome. Everything that I have should be called that. Yeah. All together. Well, against all odds, I mean, you are, as far as I know, the only comedian with... No, no voice in, in the world as far as I know I've not googled it because it's well it's challenging to look at isn't it no <laughs> yeah. you're worried about the image search <laughs> yeah it's a really confusing oh, erection hang, hang on um, <laughs> we nearly killed him he's not got long um, <laughs> oh dear pass uh, me that whiskey would you yeah, yeah. Oh, get started on it get started on it I suppose the other thing we've got to do... Well, we've got to do the rest of the introductions first. So, Daryl, I suppose you owe us. So, if you want, you can start with Dan. Uh, we've what? set the bar pretty, pretty nowhere. I'm, I'm too tired to say anything, isn't it? <laughs> no, come on, Daryl. Come on, you can yeah. say something. Yeah. I just, I just did. Oh, is that my we've intro? Been Cheers, mate. We've been Thank yeah, you. Uh, I was trying to think what you did. Like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I need time. Oh, dear. I'm going to so, sum Dan up uh, as a... I mean, not to be horrible. You, you, you look a little. You look like a magician that's been recently divorced. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's. Ah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Not not in a bad way. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pulling my depression out of my hat yeah. as I speak. <laughs> Good job you're wearing a hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Um, yeah. That, that's a pretty good description. Also, a Bristol-based comedian, though. Yes. Dan, uh, you, you need to do your... Um, Hirschbein, yeah. yeah it is, it is. Uh, it, it's pronounced Hirschbein. Yes. spelt something completely different, um, just to confuse people, clearly. Um, as my, um, my granddad's family came over from Germany 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't bore you with that shit. Anyway, no, no, I definitely want to hear about your Nazi <laughs> grandparents. What are you on no, about? It's the opposite. They were the Jewish ones. They were escaping. They were, You're the one that looks like a Nazi youth. Of course they um, were. This is great, yeah, by the way. Just, <laughs> I bet they were there on the, on the boat just self-tattooing themselves on the forearm. <laughs> They were trying to get rid of the tattoos. The <laughs> with, the, uh, with a random sequence of numbers. Which, coming from a... I do look a little bit like the... Long-haired. Well, alas, I'm not middle class. I've affected this voice to annoy my own father. Um, oh, that's fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm, Who is, in fact, scum throughout the world. <laughs> yes, I was born in a tank in Brazil. And... Uh, one day we will rise again. Um, <laughs> that's what my grandparents fought for. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm going to say actually I might want to edit this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put it together. already enough material here to end possibly my life. Um, done. Complete. Uh, done. We, we haven't started on the Russians yet. The Russians. <laughs> oh, no, don't even mention them. I've got a fucking Wi-Fi connection. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm and two big microphones that we're speaking into. Yeah, and one under the table. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is Greg Winfield, who Hello. is also a Bristol-based comedian. 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 Yes. We'll get to that. No, that was, that was <laughs> part of the instruction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's... <laughs> so I'm introduced. Um, I'm not, by the way, but we'll, we'll come to that later, possibly. Yes. <laughs> there is a reason that was mentioned, which I'm sure we will get to. I'm a virulent killer of women. Uh, <laughs> and by killer, I just mean make them laugh very hard. It's ah. an industry term. <laughs> I.e. he is an absolute killer. She is an absolute killer. Obviously, the first one is used more often. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, no. And I'm a successful carpet salesman. <laughs> Yes, I purchased all of your carpets in order to help you dispose of the bodies. Um, it's going well. You... I, think, I think I'm definitely going to be the one to say less. I don't. I don't know. Do I'm happy with that. No, is I well. Well, no. I you think... chip in when you want. Though, don't yeah. Whenever yeah. we're discussing yeah. Leonard Cohen, you just pipe up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's really quite good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're, uh, when we, we've all introduced ourselves as comedians, I think we should immediately qualify that by saying we do open mics and have done for the last yeah. few bits of month. Like, it's not, yeah. none of us are trying to... Uh, none of us are trying. None of, yeah. <laughs> Full stop. Yeah. None of us are trying. This is where we've got to. Which is very self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> but we're doing well, we're doing well. Uh, we're all here now. We've decided to come up with an original idea of, of being unrecognised comedians recording a podcast which is nobody's done that before which not is yet. good not no yet. nobody Most, due, due yeah. to an, an astonishing lack of public demand for it comedians seem to do it every single day uh, yeah. so you know there we are <laughs> but yeah it's difficult it's difficult being I think I think it's one of the hardest things well the two hardest jobs are obviously full time mum and the second one is open mic level comic in the southwest. Uh, it's up to you in what order you want to put those two things um, one of which pays less than the other I'll, 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 let's, just, let's just put it that way uh, but I think there's a lot in there I think there's a lot in there I think there's a lot of people out there who will be in our position fucking thousands of them from what I've seen um, so if you are also a fucking talentless pro then uh, <laughs> there may be some shit in this for you I think it's, it's hard or, or it's hard you're a single mother or you're a single mother yeah yeah, I tell you what, we need more single mothers in comedy. Absolutely. Exactly. We'll get someone. Yeah. We'll get someone. We'll have guests. Are you just looking to get people pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> He's on a mission to recruit more single mothers by impregnating as many women as he can. Yes. Uh, yeah. They, they 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 call me the baby maker. Um, it's, <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. To be fair, they, they call me the everyone's shocked I'm not gay. Uh, <laughs> But fair enough, keep keeps me off the child support. So <laughs> victory. So how many gigs you done then, Greg? Oh, I I don't know. You know, I count I counted my first like eight, and then I stopped counting because I kept. I miss it. Oh, I'm already gonna make Emily's. I kept meeting people that said, 
because I don't know what to talk to other comedians about, especially when I was new and nervous. So I would just say, like, oh, have you done lots of gigs? And they'd go, oh, yeah, I've done 112. But I was like, oh, fuck me. If I'm still counting individual gigs by the time I get to 112, I might, I might kill myself. Because it sounds a little bit like there's a number at which you think you're going to be good. Uh, <laughs> and two, two things with that is yeah. the person that told you they've done 112 definitely has a spreadsheet. Yeah, that's the without a doubt, they yeah. definitely have a spreadsheet, and 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 there's multiple columns in that spreadsheet that tell them how many laughs they got as well. Uh, yeah, there's and, a lot and of that going all on. that sort of thing, and uh, which is good. And also the other thing that I found out very early on, the advice I got was that the first hundred don't count. No, yeah. So I have put no effort exactly. into any of my gigs that I've done so far, <laughs> um, and no, won't do true. until I hit that hundred, and then I'll start thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, I've heard, I've heard a lot of things. <laughs> I, I listened, as I'm sure we all do, um, maybe we'll do a podcast highlight as well, because that's the only kind of feature I can think of. Uh, but I listen to lots of, of comedy podcasts by proper comedians. No offence to um, anyone who might be listening to this, because none of you are. I promise you. Uh, you won't be, because only people that I know on Facebook listen to this. And that's it. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah. And he doesn't um, know but, anyone. But yeah, exactly. No one likes me because of things like that. But He's a misogynist. you hear off proper comedians, you hear things like, again, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a tease, like, isn't it? The first six or seven years, like someone's, uh, Tom Segura and uh, Christina Brzezinski's podcast, it was brilliant. It's called Your Mum Sounds, so I highly recommend it. The two married American comics. And they get sent because they're famous, they get sent lots of clips like, oh, look, it's my first time doing stand up and someone's sent them a video. I want to send them a video looking for tips or whatever and they'll be like six months in or something like that and Tom was just saying how how much he does not enjoy uh, receiving things like that uh, because as they both agreed if it's your first like five or six years you don't want that to represent you and Absolutely. like yeah. it's hard because one of the things here you go useful bit of information that you need to do if you're sort of new open mic stand-up comic person you have to start recording yourself for many reasons. One reason is if you want to get a gig anywhere and they don't know you by name or haven't bummed into a gig, the first thing they're going to ask for is a clip and you've got to go and send them five minutes of stuff that you've done. Also, I don't know about you guys, but a question. It's actually quite handy. Horrible though it is to watch yourself back doing mediocre, you know, occasionally sort of well, it's actually really handy to watch what jokes go well and what don't and, and see how you deliver them. Because I don't know about you guys, trying to remember how things went is almost impossible. There's far too much adrenaline and stuff. It just all becomes a blur. Yeah, no, it all just kind of flies by and you don't kind of register anything at the time. So it's handy to have it recorded. Which I actually quite enjoyed watching myself back. I never thought I would. It was really weird. There's a sense um, of accomplishment to it, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dan was just looking at his fucking phone, by the way. I'm He's actually with 10 minutes in. He couldn't give him fuck. We get him here for the quota, and he's just there looking at his special phone. We haven't had him swear for two minutes yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you've got. I've recorded you a few times, haven't you, Daryl? Do you enjoy it? Do you find it helpful? Did I enjoy you recording me? Uh, <laughs> this wasn't a gig, by the way. This yeah. isn't just at his house having a quick. <laughs> by the way, if you try and search for Pfeiffer syndrome pornography, <laughs> by the I've not done that. Shall we do that live? <laughs> it might exist. I don't know. And if it does exist, there's a one in ten chance that Daryl is in it because it's quite rare, I believe. Uh, but yeah, a quick tip for that is you need to turn the volume up a little. <laughs> <laughs> volume up contrast down so recording it's useful yeah apparently yeah I've recorded I've recorded you a few times you have yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've wank- all recorded each other actually yeah at some point, I, think, yeah, yeah. I recorded your wanking hand gesture <laughs> yeah oh Daryl likes to zoom in on certain I'll tell you what else Daryl likes yeah. to do when he's been asked to record my sets is fucking chip in quite often, <laughs> which is super helpful. <laughs> like a running commentary. Yeah, Daryl, I just need a couple minutes that I can use, yeah? Just a couple clean minutes. <laughs> There'll be Daryl in the background. Yeah, but I'm also, I'm also a fan watching you. Yeah, no. In the audience. It's nice. I should so. start, yeah. 
It's uh, it adds to the experience. It uh, it does. It does. And it gives me a ch- chance to do some crowd work yeah. uh, with someone who I know, uh, <laughs> which counts. <Oops. laughs> um, but yeah, someone who I know that everyone else in the audience, should I say anything mean about, will immediately think I am a cunt. Like <laughs> Daryl's right. got a free pass to say anything. Right. <laughs> so there's no way back. There's no way back. Let him shout out. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to be fair, everybody knows Daryl. <laughs> yeah, Daryl, to be fair, Daryl Hember is probably the most known person on the Bristol my comedy scene. And recognisable in the, that you're not going to forget his actual scene. And that's is not astonishing as well. Like yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Is. We are big, me and Greg genuinely are big fans yeah, of Daryl. Yeah, he would be brilliant. He is very good. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just been sick into his own mouth. Stop sucking it off. <laughs> yeah, no, he's all right, to be fair. Um... <laughs> <laughs> After that glowing reference. Be, you know, yeah, as, as we all do, got a lot of work to put in. But that's fine. We've got many years, many years to, to hone all this utter dirge. Um, but it's a fun world, isn't it? It's fucking weird. I suppose as it's our first podcast, and another useful topic of discussion might be the first gig you do because that for some people if anyone's listening to this that doesn't personally know any of us I'm sure some of you might be thinking maybe I would like to try stand up one day but it is a fairly terrifying prospect one that I put off for a decade I don't know about you Dan yeah no same I I, I got into it relatively I've always loved comedy but I, I started going to watch live ones at about uh, April 17 and then started getting the idea a couple of months later and then sort of got into it gradually and then was performing by November and was doing a lot of writing in between so yeah yeah and but what sort of uh, what's I going to say the uh, what sort of things got you into it then what, what sort of things it's difficult it's hard to tell like I I've, I've always been uh, a little bit of a, a comedy nerd as everyone says but few people practice uh, but yeah I uh <laughs> I've, I've always loved it. I've, I've watched a huge amount. And uh, I, I suppose at like secondary school age, looking as I do, which is challenging. Um, <laughs> You're sat opposite down. I know. I realise what I'm saying. <laughs> but <laughs> most people will never... Most people won't see a Daryl in a day, but they will see a fucking weird-looking ginger person. <laughs> and it's far more acceptable to look shocked at me than it is at Daryl. Um <laughs> So yeah, like around secondary school age, it's the classic cliche, but I realise that it's, it's far easier to be funny than it is to be cool um, or attractive. Uh, so, I, so I developed my thing and, and swiftly became the person in the class that would comedically point out errors that the teacher may have made. I mean, I can't, basically. I'm real horrible. It's just a twat <laughs> that no one likes. But funniness is brilliant because it ingratiates you with the people that are capable of bullying you. Uh, and also... <laughs> creates a sort of trust in the less attractive females that may be within your grasp. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it, it's what I based my whole fucking life on from about the age of 12 really was the ability to be the funny one in a group, which has not done well for me at all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's where it probably started. You're funny? Exactly, I, I, I disagree, exactly. I've, I've met your missus. And she's lovely. <laughs> she is. She is lovely. Ironically, just does not find me funny at all, which is the only reason she's around. But she's the one person in my life that I don't have to try and impress, uh, and, and therefore I'm mildly acceptable around. Because as people will have told, been able to tell from the last ten minutes, or whatever, I, 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 I will say things that are very unpleasant because I find. But I'll be honest. My priority in life is to be amused by other people and hopefully amuse them which I think is horrible and uh, sociopathic. But it's These are all qualifiers, mind. though. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, like, I've it, a lot it goes hand in hand with the mental illness and <laughs> that you need to be. Yeah, I mean, as if you took a brief snapshot of, oh. of the people that are currently performing on the Bristol Open Mic Comedy scene, it is like a fucking Victorian asylum. Yeah, like, you have to have some sort of mental illness to be able to get up on stage. A lot of people say that. I'm sure you've all heard oh, that no. line. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, yeah. Daryl. What do you hear every night of someone? Oh, fucking. Other hell. than you're fucking great. <laughs> 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 I 
Daryl actually does. Um, he does hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, in, or, or, or something like that. I've never heard that ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Daryl usually hears it because it's part of his Make a Wish Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> Night out. <laughs> but the. Uh, but no, Daryl does get a lot of compliments, which is nice, um, as well he should. I'm still single. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just turned into a dating podcast. He's single, but in about six pieces. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a multiple single. Yeah. He's, um, he's everything you've ever want in a man, and uh, he's, got, he's got several things within a man. Uh, he, he, no. A lot of people will say it's like that must, you know, people say how frightening it is or it's like the last thing they'd ever do or it's like, I don't understand if you do that. I've heard, i tell you what I heard a couple of weeks ago, I heard, oh, you guys have got the hardest job. You've got the, you guys have the hardest job. And this was at a night where this person had just performed deaf poetry. Um, <laughs> so you can, you can tell really that people fear this, don't they? They fear this quite a lot. And I'm sure yeah. I did. I did. I was intimidated by the fact that obviously the people that are actually doing it are so incredibly skilled and I arrogantly have decided that maybe that could be me one day um, yeah I, yeah. I would I, I think it's safe to say that the main reason I do it is because of the antidepressants yes <laughs> <laughs> it's been prescribed it's, yeah I mean I, you know they really take off the edge <laughs> yeah when you're on stage yeah, it's, it really it's does good, help it's, you know it's, it's good timing because I started comedy as I started antidepressants. It's no, so. it's no coincidence. Really? It's, it's really, really no go. coincidence. I, I'm, I'm exactly yeah. the same. I'm, yeah. I'm, I think I'm doing it instead of. Like, yeah. it's <laughs> the, oh, you'll get there, mate. You'll qualify it's this one day. Don't get out of bed. I could take either, to be fair. Um, the girlfriend of mine that was mentioned earlier was actually a lucky woman, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a good motivation to do things because it does it fill me with fear still. Every time, a little bit. Less so, obviously, than the first time, which, I won't lie to you, the first time you do it is blindingly frightening. I, 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 I don't know. I do lot, I've done lots of silly things in my life. That is, by far, the most worked up I've been about something before I did it. But also, very, very drunk. My and first one was the best. Was it? Yeah. When was it? Go on, tell me about it. It was at the Lazy Dog. Yeah. In February... And I was at the stage where I just said, yeah, I'll sign up. And I did it. Did about three minutes. Had you gone into that thinking, I'm going to do this? No. You you, you never planned any of this shit. No. You had nothing prepared or anything? It was all in my head. Nice. Crikey. Due to people saying, you've got a story, you've got jokes. Go on stage. Yeah. I, I did my first one on the Lazy Dog as well, and um, actually you were there, weren't you, Darren? I've, I've had worse ones right. since. Yeah. I, I practised mine over and over and over and over until I knew exactly what I was doing, I still read it off my hand. When you say practice, how did you... Did you read I, it out loud? I, I was reading it out yeah. loud, to, and like also to my wife in the car and stuff like that. Nice. And it was... Um, still with you? Just about. <laughs> oh, if I... If, if she'd have died that, then, that, you, that would have been well, really yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, these should have something in common then, Dan. Oh. Hey! Yeah, no, I'm the resident yeah. twat yes. on this podcast, um. by the way. Uh. There you are. The Comedy Kitchen Podcast just took a break, but they're back now. How did people's first ever sets go? How was your first ever set, Darren? Did it it was well? fucking great. There you go. How do you know? Because I enjoyed it. Yeah, that sounds like a good answer. Yeah, no, it's good. Did you get a good reaction? Yeah. It's hard to remember, isn't it? Afterwards. Yeah, that is. I was say nice things. That's, that's all, I, don't, I remember barely any of mine. I remember getting some laughs and, and like settling me down a bit. And then I remember two girls afterwards coming up to me uh, to tell me that they thought uh, I was really funny. You know, I was the fun, funniest one. On Did they the feel sorry for you? Yeah, I thought that must be it. Because you're I, ginger. So I, I, I pressed the issue because I wanted to make sure that you know they weren't just attracted to me. Um, and yeah no there wasn't uh, yeah they both I think had boyfriends that worked at the bar at the place that's why they were genuine audience members at an open mic night 
and uh, they were boyfriends hated me and complimented me in equal measure. So I think that proves that it must have genuinely actually been a white. Uh, yeah. What about you, Dan? Yeah, mine went uh, quite well. I was absolutely terrified. You know, that's yeah. the general thing. Getting up there is the first stage, and it's just um, yeah, I was absolutely petrified, and I was pretty much shaking through the whole lot, reading words off my hand and trying to remember the pieces that I've written. Yeah. And practice over and over. But yeah, was, uh, it went quite well. I got some good feedback and. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I I did enjoy it eventually um, yeah. after I sort of calmed down because the adrenaline sort of takes over. As much as I wasn't wasn't massively nervous, but I, once I'd started, I don't know if you guys had the same thing. You're kind of so focused on what you're doing that kind of it's just trying to control the adrenaline that's running through your body at the time. It's like mad. It is, it is a very strange physical experience. It's like you've just been in a fight or something. Yeah, it's sort of like that weird yeah. euphoric rush. Blur. The, yeah, and it just sort of flies by you, and you can't really take in or in like um, grasp what's going on at the time. But it's, no, it, no, it, it's it, tunnel vision. Full, yeah, you're full like panic, <laughs> just running straight through the exit. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. Well, yeah, it's good. It got me. It got me. As, I don't know about you guys. As soon as it was done, I was like, "Next one. Where's my next one? Where's my next yeah. one?" Yeah. Right, and and ever since then. Obviously, I think it probably happens to a lot of people. The first one goes better than you think it would because you are kind of half of you is expecting just to physically actually die. Yeah. Like this might actually come, this might be the end of my actual life. And then that doesn't happen. So anything plus that seems like a bonus. But yeah, it's, uh, it's an odd thing. It's an odd hobby because it is, as everyone says, it's most people, well, it is the number one fear amongst human beings is public speaking which you think it would be like AIDS or something but apparently public <laughs> speaking or a lion <laughs> but or yeah. looking like this oh no that's it's oh. not a fear Darrell it's an aspiration so uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah the it is it, uh, most people just uh, just the idea of it itself is just ridiculous to them so why would you voluntarily go out for well for all you get is the reward of the feeling afterwards and even that you only get some of the time and I don't know what let's might as well talk about it sometimes it goes fucking badly doesn't it let's be oh, honest yeah, absolutely. No. sometimes it goes but not no. for Daryl and Daryl gets what I call charity laughs, laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> if, if they don't laugh at it, it's a hate crime yeah, <laughs> yeah so it, it goes badly it goes badly maybe not for Dazzler some gigs are better than others for Daryl I'm sure some fail, feel better than others but I, I, I've had tough times, I'm not going to lie. I think the as soon as you allow yourself to think that maybe this, because I've now done material that I know works, because it has worked twice or something like that, then you get yourself in a position where, like I did, I my first, actually there's a stage and a curtain gig, was at Smoke and Mirrors, so it's a proper stage, a proper curtain, yeah. a proper comedy crowd that turned up to see pros and you're also there, tagged on somewhere or something like that. And it's the worst, probably second worst, uh, the worst <laughs> gig I've ever done. And I, I did the same material, I just delivered it in such a shit, monotonous, twat way because I was so nervous that I just relied on the fact that I could remember the joke. So I just, I can remember it, so I'll say it. I can remember it, so I'll say it. Just all I was worried about is remembering it, and therefore there's no enjoyment at all in any of it on my side of the crowd or on theirs and that that was hard work and the next gig after that went really quite well because I I watched it back I got it recorded I watched it back and I was like I wouldn't laugh at this prick he looks like an absolute twat just throwing jokes at people expecting them to laugh putting no yes. effort in like it's not what I felt like I was doing at the time but watching it that was what I looked like I was doing so then I came back with some fucking energy and commitment and actually was there to like give the impression that I wanted to entertain people as opposed to just uh, get through an ordeal. Um, but yeah, what yeah. about you, Dan? You, I mean, you, you've hit the nail on the head. You, you can't be complacent with it. I mean, I haven't done that many gigs, so um, the ones that I have done have been pretty good. I've enjoyed them and they've gone down quite well. Um, but that just means that the next one's going to be complete wank. So <laughs> if you let... Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> but you've got, you've got to learn from it. As you yeah. say, if you, if you video them and have a look and, and see what you can improve, because I, my first couple, um, the jokes hit and um, 
and they were fine, but you could tell I was so nervous that yeah. the performance wasn't there because I was too focused on, um, you know, trying to remember what I was doing and, and trying not to think about what I was doing at the same time because yeah. I'd have just sort of forgotten everything. Um, the, the, you know, the performance just wasn't there. And then in the last few that I've done, um, I've been a lot more relaxed, a lot more sort of laid back and, um, uh, and managed to um, enjoy it a lot more. Yeah, and I think that makes a big difference because that then puts the audience at ease as well. Yeah, um, and if the audience uh, are with you and and uh, not in a sympathisey yeah, sort of way, yeah. um, you know, always nervous. It's his first time. You know, yeah. then you know if they they can enjoy it a lot more and not be on edge. Yeah, as well, there's a lot of that as yeah. an audience member of comedy, much more than I've been a participant. That is probably a feeling you notice a lot as soon as you feel worried. For another person, it's very hard to laugh at them. Yeah. Like sincerely, I, yeah, exactly. I, I'm a big proponent of throwing out the excessive laugh at open mic nights. If I recognise someone is taking yeah. time and effort to say a joke, which is a good joke, but just delivered flatly or whatever, I'll give them a laugh because I think yeah, no, you same. put the effort in, so will I. Which sounds really disingenuous and massively condescending, but most open mic nights, let's be honest, are eight comics watching one other comic. And yeah. two, two people that have been that have got there by accident or someone's mates. So like unless people are gonna actively participate in the we're going to try and find out what material here works, there's no point doing it. Like, there's no point in doing it to a silent crowd, especially if half of that crowd has seen the joke before. I totally agree with that. My first gig I forgot and I just remembered is um I, I was playing to three rows of empty chairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the light was really bright, so everyone was sat at the back of the room, there were all other comics. Yeah. And um it was very strange because yeah. I couldn't really gauge a, a physical response, mm. only an audible one. Yeah. And and that was very sort of weird to start with because I just couldn't see any anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um but it was um yeah, that was an interesting first kick. It was nicer with the second one, um, which was only a few days after that, where I, it was it was slightly better lit um, for the uh, actual room, so I could see people's um, reactions yeah. going down genuinely. God, dear. I don't I don't go out there with the intention of offending, and maybe this is the time in a moment uh, to tell us a certain story about what happened on Friday night. But I'm aware that from what we've recorded so far, I've definitely said the worst things. It's um, true. Which is, tends to be what happens on stage as well. Is that? Yeah, I mean, by, well, I don't really mean worst, because worst in relation to what? I mean, yeah. I've, said, I've said the things that could most easily be misinterpreted as being Offensive. from a place of not liking someone else. I would also say it's become very clear that whatever I may have said doesn't come from a place of not liking someone else being as it's been about us and yeah in my kitchen. <laughs> but yeah and everything we say to each other you know we, we put you know as friends say friends we, you know yeah we're we, friends uh, well this is this is news to you daryl but um <laughs> yeah I, I, it doesn't come from an offensive place um you know and everything that we say comes is, from a truthful place truthful <laughs> <laughs> Depends. I'm gonna say no. No, to I'm gonna say most certainly not. No way. Sometimes yes, often no. There'll be there'll be a truth buried in there somewhere. Often that truth is, isn't it better to be laughing at something than yeah. being a miserable cunt about it? Um, and if you're offended, those are not the only two positions to take. But yeah. if you are offended by that, then you are a miserable cunt. Is that what I mean, you're going to take from that? Depends. I'm not going. No, I'm not going to <laughs> somehow imply that anything I say with the intention of being funny is automatically okay because I had the intention of being funny. But I am also going to actually say that because if your intention is to be funny, you're trying to do something positive. Like, unless what you're trying to do is make other people hate other people, like, and even then it's okay because it's fine to hate morons. I occasionally yeah. hate morons, like. That's okay, I think. It's, it's okay to hate stupid ideas or the people that purport stupid ideas for silly reasons. Hate's a strong word. Yeah, laugh at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, like, laughing at stuff is fine. Um, trying to make other people laugh at stuff is fine. In almost all circumstances that I can think of. Like, I, don't, I, I think if, if a joke is not okay, I think the standard for a joke to be not okay to say needs to be so high as to almost be unachievable. And then if you were to try and achieve that level of not okayness, by doing so, 
you'd probably be satirising that idea and therefore it'd be very funny. So <laughs> Hello, I mean, Stuart Lee. There are no, there are, there's no individual subject that it's not okay to tell a joke about. No, I agree. There's definitely like, I've definitely heard people in pubs just say nasty shit to each other and laugh afterwards. But I would barely consider those things jokes. They're, they're just things people say to each other to make sure that we're on the same wavelength here, aren't we? Yeah. About them, their immigrants or whatever. And by all means, make jokes about immigrants. Do it if they're funny. Because if they're funny, it means they weren't fucking horrible normally. You know what I mean? <laughs> or they weren't intending to be horrible to make you hate immigrants. Uh, this has all gone a bit dark, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right, let's talk about Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking not. That's the only fucking podcast involving comedians to not mention the B word. Right, I'm going to pause just because I'm it. running out of hard disk space. I'm yeah, maybe we'll some stuff. I'm going to get rid of some pornography and I'll be back in a moment. <laughs> Which, weirdly, you know, I'm, I'm going to point out how to spell misogyny. Moving on to <laughs> the next part um, and explain. <laughs> do you want to crack on with that? Later? How do you spell that? Right. I'm, <laughs> I obviously don't know uh, how to spell that. <laughs> um, but I was luckily helped uh, with this by a very, a very thoughtful audience member at my last gig. It was, um, a, it was a woman. It was a woman. You can tell. You can. You can. You can spot him. Um, I'll, I'll explain how later. Now uh, the, yeah, right now. This is a first for me, and I think, in all honesty, it, I'm still not sure how I feel about it. To be honest, um, I might come across as quite flippant, and well, obviously a terrible human for most of this, but. I really genuinely don't like upsetting people and I put quite a lot of effort into doing the opposite of upsetting people. It, it, I, do, I don't like to not be liked because I am disgusting. Um, but True story. Yeah, I don't like it. It's not a nice feeling to not be liked. And, uh, you know, I, I try to get on with everyone because uh, I think there's people, everyone's got something interesting to say at some point, usually, anyway. Um, and they, they won't tell you it if they don't like you. But yeah, so... I am my first ever small protest and walkout at a open mic gig. Uh, now, this open mic gig was in Stokes Croft at the Arts House. So it's quite a, uh, I don't know how you would describe it. It's a progressive crowd, isn't it? It wasn't a comedy open mic. I'll put, it, I'll put that out there, which probably has something to do with it. It was a general open mic, mostly with a sort of a poetry theme. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. So we've turned up to this. I went fortnight before. It's fortnight. It's a great gig. Go down there, people. Go and watch it. It's good. Um, but <laughs> just trying, no, it, it means fine. great. I tell, I tell you what it is. It's fucking hard work. Is what it is. Yep. If you go there and watch it, but it's hard work because it's very eclectic, and you will see things that you wouldn't normally choose to see. But that's part of going <laughs> out, isn't it? Now. Uh, Basically, I, I went down there a fortnight before to do a bit of stand-up with a couple other comics, not you guys, um, but yeah, um, and we had a lovely time, in a way, um, and we did our bits and it all went swimmingly, and I thought, oh, this is actually quite a nice venue, because you get normal people there, people that have not turned up to see comedy, but also people that are not just other comics, and there's nothing wrong with other comics, obviously, but they're mostly the people you're performing to normally. Um, which is hard work, I find, anyway. Right, so, where were we? Yeah, so, open mic night, Stokescroft. And uh, first ever walkout, first ever protest, first time anyone's ever got vocally cross with me. I've seen, I've seen some miffed people in the past. Uh, people have shot me some dirty looks. People have been intentionally not amused by me, all of which, of course, is fine. I, I, I deserve no kind of uh, reception in particular, but... This one person, for the first time ever, decided, uh, one, to stand up and obviously leave um, and make a point of leaving, and two, to then come back in and make her friends leave whilst uh, shouting, I think her words were, uh, let's take you away from all this misogyny. Um, which, in, the, in that actual moment, I was like, oh no. That was my first reaction, which annoys me, because obviously it probably shouldn't have been that. But it was like, oh no, she thinks that, and I'm not that. So all, the first thing out of my mouth was, oh, but I'm not though, which is obviously fucking pathetic. But yeah, you told her boyfriend not to bend over. I did. Yeah, I mean, my first words out of my mouth were that, <laughs> and because he bent over. I then had lots of other subsequent words that were more how you probably should react as a comic to someone trying to fuck your setup. I won't 
do bits and or tell you bits and uh, you know riffs that I did or whatever you want to call them because uh, who the fuck wants to listen to that but I did a, 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 what I would consider a reasonably good job of uh, distracting people from the fact that this person was trying to destroy my set and make them laugh at other things instead um, but not as good a job as I would have hoped to have done because I was at the time feeling like oh shit I am the bad guy here because someone else had told me that that was the case um, but I tell you what I've actually as a result I have prepared a short apology um, yeah. which I think it's important it's true it's important to be yeah, yeah. If if you don't mind no 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 you crack on and, and if that person's think... listening and there's no chance they will be but if anyone else is listening and they've heard so far that I've been called a misogynist and and therefore believes that to be so I apologise to you too and uh, I suppose this, this apology goes up to you um, so, so bear with me here but um, I've, I've written this down okay so it's, it's not it's not very fluid I'm, I'm alright it's not very good but it comes from the heart at a gig last week I was called a misogynist and caused a small protest and walkout obviously we've already heard that um, but I wasn't expecting to intro this but we'll, let's not worry about that I know that that's one of the big three now, pedo, racist, misogynist, the three most powerful and debilitating labels out there. I'm not saying they're in any particular order even, it's not, it's not my place, obviously. But this incident has given me real pause for thought and I've since had a chance to consider what I did and said that evening and the effect, sorry, <coughs> It's hard. Um, on the effect... Oh, sorry. It's <clears throat> and the effect that... Uh, that I had. And as such, I've uh, prepared a statement which, if it's okay with everyone, and if only if it's okay with everyone else, uh, I'll, I'll now read to you in the hope that we can all heal and grow. Please, st stop. Stop smiling, Daryl. It's... Uh, Comedy is not about laughter any, any, anymore. Um, on the evening of June 22nd, I took to the stage at the Arts House in Stokescroft. This was my first mistake. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. But nonetheless, I approached the poorly functioning microphone. <laughs> with the intention of telling a short but poignant joke about me wanking. <laughs> a joke by its very nature that included no women. <coughs> and which I therefore decided at the time could not reasonably be seen as woman-hating. In the same way that a joke about Frosties cannot reasonably be interpreted as Holocaust denial. It is my sincere belief that there were barely any sugar-coated flakes of corn in Bergen-Belsen. But, as ever, I will be willing to rescind that analogy if anyone, here or elsewhere, ever disagrees in any way with what I've just said. Returning to the original issue, I now realise that I'm entirely in the wrong and that the woman who raised the issue of my inherent misogyny and its expression in my wanking joke is entirely correct. As it would be utterly unacceptable for a man, yuck, such as myself, to in any way disagree and or defend my dirty, dick-toking, chromosome-carrying, wanking totem of oppression that was my joke that spilled so recklessly from my ignorant mouth. A joke performed with what, at the time, I believed to be within a context with an implied intent, clear meaning and use of nuance. I have since learned that the terms context, intent, meaning and nuance are just patriarchal code words for rape. <laughs> rape is a word, of course, that I should never use. But, as I mentioned earlier, I must now become the misogynist 
that that woman, rightly of course, believed me to be, or I would be contradicting a woman in possession of a clever-sounding word. And that word, ladies, is misogyny. <laughs> Something which I will now whole, wholeheartedly embrace in order to vindicate that woman's accusation. As a result, I've discarded all of my previous material and will now present you with a series of jokes utterly devoid of anything but hatred and bile. <laughs> By now, of course, you will know that there will only be one way to interpret them, so please do not try to understand them. Ugh. Just go with your initial reaction based on your postmodern neo-Marxist ideologies, which is, of course, the only ideology that isn't just veiled Nazism. And be sure, ladies and gentlemen, that anyone deviating from that pattern of thought should be expunged from public discourse. I'm sorry for these jokes. I truly am. But remember, if you don't listen to them, it's because you hate all women. I have to say them to support the opinion, nay fact, that that woman had. And you have to accept them as the righteous vindication of her utter correctness. I feel like I've made that very clear. <laughs> I'm just going to prepare for the jokes I'm about to say. Uh, misogyny doesn't always come that easily to me. So I'm just going to shout at my own penis for a moment. <coughs> <laughs> Let's fucking do this! <clears throat> okay. Good evening, gentlemen. I wholeheartedly agree with everything that has ever been said by a famous rapper. <laughs> Except when pleading guilty to a wide variety of sexual assaults where they were obviously framed. Sometimes multiply framed. <laughs> I, of course, open myself up to accusations of cultural appropriation as a, well, of a predominantly black art form by mentioning rap and in keeping with my newfound ability to submit to accusations and simultaneously apologise and compound them, I am and am not sorry for this simultaneously. Easy e is my favourite rapper, who sadly was cruelly taken from us too soon after contracting AIDS from unprotected sex with other men. Gay sex is now my favourite type of sex, as it involves no women <laughs> who disgust me. Almost as much as gay sex disgusts me, <laughs> as because I am straight, I must therefore be a homophobe. As I have mentioned gay people. <laughs> Homophobe is now out of the big three due to the nagging nature of loudmouth women banging on about their apparent struggle. <laughs> I don't think you're taking this seriously. I long for the day a new AIDS virus mutates that targets only women. Although I'd also be saddened by this as it would no doubt lead to a rise in gay sex between men and as previously mentioned I despise this I despise this by dint of my own straightness and therefore automatic homophobia homophobia no doubt which is caused by a latent desire to suck some dicks so I'll reserve judgement on how I'll react after what will become known as the freedom virus takes hold and decimates half of the population. The worst half of the population. The female half of the population. <laughs> Yay. In the meantime, I plan on holding doors open for women out of apparent politeness. And as they scowl at me for this patriarchal straight-arm salute to the one true god Bill Cosby... <laughs> 
I'll whisper, the pay gap is a myth. You get paid exactly the same for the same job. By law. A concept invented by men. (laughs) Along with all other concepts. Except the concept of ungrateful whining. The difference in mean earnings between genders can only be usefully discussed when a multiple... When a multitude of variants are applied, including the free choices of women, which are free and not just due to the fact that 1990s era Lara Croft is more attractive than you. (laughs) In conclusion, I now realise that I should and do hate women. As that lady said so. But not as much as my mum and girlfriend hate women. As when I told them of the events that evening, they ascribed the upset hero in question as a feckless cunt. (laughs) And in turn, an attention-seeking moron who lacks the ability to create anything or take any sort of personal risk and therefore demands a world where original thoughts must be chaperoned by an invisible Stasi of pseudo-intellectual half-informed groupthink that serves only to create an artistic fascistic culture of homogenised expression dictated by the whims of 19-year-olds on the internet. (laughs) They also have three books. (laughs) Jesus, Mum, you're such a bitch. (laughs) I hope you take this in the spirit in which it was conceived. Although if you don't, be assured it's because you are right. So right. And really, really interesting to talk to. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Apology accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Right, now... Did you say you had that written down? I did, I wrote that down. It was... I I mean, I had to say something. The feelings of guilt and shame overwhelmed me. And uh, and I thought that was an important thing to say. I did read that to someone, one other person before... And their immediate reaction was, oh, I, I, see what, I, I see what you were doing, but it's obvious that that comes from a place of genuine hatred. <laughs> and I said, I think you may have missed the point. Who was that? And I feel like maybe everyone might miss the point now. <laughs> now, that's not an arrogant statement of me being also very clever as to, be, again, be able to say everything. But also, if you're going to get upset about that, fuck off. Yeah, just fuck off um, <laughs> just just fuck no just I'd, I'd not I don't want to debate it with you just fuck off <laughs> no I'm joking of course do uh, I am aware that a lot of horrible things were said in there but hopefully hopefully you'll realise that they weren't just horrible things there is a difference I think between something that's just a horrible thing and something that I say because I'm cool so we would love to get your feedback on that at Greg is not a misogynist.co.uk. <laughs> I I'm not I don't think I am. Um I know well I know I know that I'm not because I'm aware of how I feel. Think... I well it's that's the problem you see because it's almost unimportant what I say about myself and my own thoughts and actions. What's more important I think is other people's reaction to what I do and say which appears to dictate a little bit more of of what I probably am in the public sphere. But then I suppose that's what happens yeah. when you get on a stage like a bell end. I don't know. So you had a busy weekend writing that one? I had a, I, as you can tell, that is a very much a first draft. Um, <laughs> which is written on a Sunday afternoon that's... as I was thinking, oh, I don't really want to go back to work on Monday. Uh, what so... should I do? Get myself fired. That's what I'll do. <laughs> I'll get myself so... fired and then in the tribunal try and say, no context though. Uh, don't you mean rape? Oh dear. I've hoisted by my own petard. Uh, It'll be the third or fourth draft that goes into the Daily Mail column section. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, they'll fucking lap that shit up. Yeah, they would actually. Irony, no irony. No. Give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that obviously is a fucking long, self-indulgent piece of nonsense. But my overall point there was, I think you've got to people stop getting upset immediately and then trying to stop something from happening and stop stop saying words you don't know the meaning to i mean yeah i can certainly learn a lesson from that i think (laughs) but yeah yeah exactly it's not 
it's not necessary yeah. people like it's, it's not it's not kind of as big and clever as you think it is as well to just stop someone else from doing something is you know and this is know. another performer as well that did this yeah exactly you'd know, already been on just, so I had yeah. nothing to lose um, but yeah it was an odd experience it, it did smack of the time of, of attention seeking to me I'm not I won't lie these people don't know who I am and if I turn up and I do some material that makes them think that that's who I am I have to accept that partially that's because of the material I was doing and, and or the way I was doing it but you've got to wait for the punchline sometimes you've got to give the benefit of the doubt and if you are upset about something it's probably more productive to say oh you know that joke you did about wanking oh, I, don't, I don't really like it because dot 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 and then I will listen to you genuinely because I am very very bad at this and uh, I take on feedback from everyone some people I will ignore um, and women yeah <laughs> Me. <laughs> when I, well, yeah, when I say come up to me and talk to me, I don't mean women because uh, I mean I'm not really interested in what comes out of your mouth. Uh. The Comedy Kitchen Podcast. It's about comedy, not cooking. Now, what we're what we're going to try and do, obviously, is have some sort of fucking structure to this every week. So we've decided on a couple of things that we might do in the future. Uh, one. Two Truths and a Lie. Yes. The genius ice-breaking game that you may have played in various company inductions uh, in order to try and figure out what kind of humans we are. Um, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of stuff in there that people don't really want to say, and that's obviously quite interesting to hear. Uh, also, we're going to just watch funny stuff. <laughs> then... I've, I've pitched the first one as being, and I encourage you to play along with this, if you go to YouTube and just type in David Bowie, China Girl, this is a music video of its, of its age with one of the funniest shouldn't be funny moments in it that I have ever seen. So what we're seeing here, if you're not playing along, is just classic Bowie video, basically, all right? Bowie's looking like one of the coolest humans he's ever been. It's, it's very 80s. It's very, you know, 80s produced. Some, some effects, a lot of seriousness. Uh, the, the premise of China Girl, and I'll tell you where to skip to in a moment, is that uh, David Bowie has got a Chinese girlfriend, and that's the whole premise. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think it was probably slightly more meaningful at the time because China then was a, a real proper functioning, you know, communist state. Um, so I don't know, maybe there's some sort of political message. It doesn't really matter. Skip to one minute and, uh, and then play it for the next 20 seconds. And if David Bowie's your hero, I encourage you not to disavow him for what you're about to see. Um, let's just put it this way. David Bowie, brilliant musician, not a natural comedian. Um, here we go. <laughs> Wait for it. There's his messes. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> He's so cool. Oh, we just killed Daryl. Oh no, we have literally killed Daryl. Uh, now, who wants to be brave oh. enough to describe what they've just seen? Okay. By recently deceased, but um, I mean, canonised David Bowie, and he should mm. remain so, in my opinion. The, this it is astonishing. Him. I'll, I'll try and describe the plot of this music video. He's got a Chinese girlfriend, that's the main element of it. But they're having a bit of playful fun. And his Chinese girlfriend is pulling faces at him. And David Bowie, in response, decides to p- pull the sides of his eyelids, narrow, wiggle them around as if to say... I'm not sure if you're Chinese or Japanese, but I ended up like this. Like split peas. Uh, <laughs> in. And then I think the topper for me is not only, obviously, is that just mental, like, what are you doing? Um, but she's giggling away at this, obviously, because she's a paid actress. Um, uh, I mean, yes, a very good one as well. She pretends to be David Bowie's girlfriend, for heaven's sake. Um, but just to have a look again... It's not the face he pulls, it's the face he pulls afterwards. Which, if you watch it closely, is filled with a sudden realisation of what the fuck he has just done. <laughs> so obviously some director somewhere has gone, Dave, mate, Dave, 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 I'll tell you what we could, yeah? 
She's pulled a face at you. Why don't you indulge in some playground racism and uh, pull a Asian face back at her using your fingers for eyelid tighteners? And, uh, and he does this quite a lot and quite enthusiastically and then stops doing it, cocks his head to the side as if to say, oh, I love you. And then does a little grin and a half second look to camera as if to say, oh God, why have you made me do that? And then it fades out. Um, it is, I'll be honest, one of the funniest things I've seen recently. It's, it's only a few seconds. You choked me out. It, yeah, when you see it, you don't expect it. You just don't expect to see it. And you don't expect to see it with that kind of blasé pastel coloured sort of uh, nothingness it's astonishing I, I, I think it's safe to say that it's possibly the worst thing that a 70s musician <laughs> has ever done um, <laughs> yes I imagine there were DJs playing that song thinking well, this seems think... a little bit racist while I was getting sucked off by a child <laughs> um, not an Asian child and that's what matters I, I, I think Gary Glitter was appalled <laughs> by the fact that that happened <laughs> Yes, you're um, no longer in my gang, Bowie. <laughs> my gang mostly made up of... Uh, that's not, that's not, that's no, not no, 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 that's, that's, that's been that's done. That's not I'm a big fan 70... of the Asians, I believe, Gary Glitter. Big fan. Big, big fan. That's why you went to Vietnam. Yep. Not uh, the only reason. No. No. Uh, well, He was just popular over there, wasn't he? They he liked was, his music, he, obviously. He, mm. Now... <laughs> Child rape aside, <laughs> which isn't going to be a regular segment on the show. I did although... actually, having said that, and uh, what? <laughs> I, I coincidentally um, was working, and this is true, I was working in Curry's, uh, which oh was God. situated right next to PC World, the day that he put <laughs> oh, his laptop in. I'm really sorry. And I actually met him that day, um, and because everyone looked up to him. Oh, God. Um, I was working, so yeah, I was old enough did. to not be attractive to him. Um, but I was there the day when he came in, and he was still, you know, it's high. It was all dressed up and everything. Oh, good lord! And, and people were getting autographs and everything. And it As was that day he put his laptop, laptop into PC World and got it looked at. Oh um, god! You know, I like. And, uh, yeah, that was. Quite I like the fact that everyone looks up to him. Well, those kids had to. Nice, <laughs> Daryl Hamble, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Daryl <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to laugh because it's cruel if you don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I need the attention. We've, we've not quite got our theories on comedy finished yet, guys. I mean, we did say at the start we're, we're new to this, um, so yeah. it gives a bit of leeway. But yeah, I, I tell you what, what was change. he thinking? Because Gary Litter, okay. just on the residuals, probably <laughs> a wealthy man at the time to some extent, could afford a new laptop. Maybe if you filled your laptop with life-ending fucking you know video files, would you take it down to PC World? No, they're shit. They're very expensive as well. <laughs> Where in the world way. would you I'm, take it? Oh, you wouldn't, would you? You just go. Well, no. I'll start my collection anew. <laughs> Maybe I'll find something new out there. I don't know. Like, it seems it, at the time I was just like, obviously good because they found him, and that was the end of him after several years of him travelling the globe. Yeah. Uh, it's lucky he was like, the only one as well at the time, um, and there was yeah. nothing else to expose. Which could have come out a lot bloody earlier. Oh, political. There we go. Anyway. <laughs> we, we, we certainly won't be making political no. be a, a frequent thing on here. <laughs> but yeah, it's a yeah, very yeah. odd situation. Um, but there we are, eh? There we are. That's showing the age as well, isn't it? Um, That's quite that I was working that you were there at that yeah, moment. That was, um, yeah, well, I remember him coming in and uh, my boss was a big fan of his. I couldn't give two hoots, but my boss was a big fan and got autographs and everything. Wow. Signed and, uh, yeah, it was uh, quite a big deal back then. Yeah. Um, so there must... I suppose, very strange. Because you must know as well, there's an element of, if you're just any old pedo... Your laptop probably not that interesting to people. No, you know, it's, it, something's a bit broke. We'll put a new screen on it. I don't give a fuck what's in there. Mm. If you're Gary fucking glitter, <laughs> you'll take a wander around his hard drive, won't you? That's absolutely ridiculous. How? I mean, he must have wanted it to happen. Yeah. I, I mean, he must have wanted that to happen slightly because it's more likely it would have happened than not. I, I think going back then, people didn't know much about them anyway and didn't know what was 
what with laptops because they're quite new. Not many people had. Oh, was that, that point, far? It was. It was. It was back in the nineties. Oh, that's probably why I was going to fix it. It was actually yeah. worth money. It was uh, well, yeah. Um, back when I, you know, selling computers made you money. <laughs> yeah. God, the good old days. <laughs> well, there we are, right? Yeah, there we have it. So. Yeah. So if uh, you were a paedophile, Daryl, how would you? <laughs> so, 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 Greg, who's the most famous paedophile you've ever had? <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me have a Ronnie Barker, son. Is he? Is he a leader? He was. Was he? What, Ronnie Barker? No, hang on, hang on, we might have to qualify this. Ronnie Barker's son. son. Yeah. Did you really, genuinely? I've never heard that. No. Well, there we are. But they don't like to shout about it. I can't imagine they do, but well yeah. done on, on the, uh, the press. <laughs> well done, Ronnie Barker. Uh, Ronnie Barker's paedophile son sells house... For, I don't want to read the rest of that. Jesus Christ. Uh, there we are, right? Anyway. I mean, we've gone into murky territory there, haven't we? Let's, let's, let's wade our way back out of it. <laughs> so, yeah, some of the features we're going to be having is yeah. uh, two truths, one lie, and uh, paedophile chat. <laughs> two runners were great. I've just wasted one of my two... There's <laughs> a question two, now. Two, Were the two bodies so good that you would not change history to make sure they never met and therefore... I'm not suggesting that they procreated this person <laughs> between them. But if you were to have to say the two Ronnies never existed and therefore Ronnie Barker's son never existed or they did exist, we've kept all of their material, but... I I, I would just make sure that they didn't have that son. Right. He didn't so have you, that son, not them. You just have to kick Ronnie Barker in the nuts weird. at some point. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this They didn't have the son together. But, but but at the end of the day, four candles. <laughs> <laughs> Which ironically was on the birthday cake of his first victim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Anywho, so Uh, yeah. I really can't emphasize enough that this podcast has nothing to do with food. Right. Well, cheers then. Bye. 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 Say bye, Daryl. Bye from the from from the comedy kitchen. Live and hot from the comedy kitchen. It's uh, we're we're uh, we're gonna go now. That's enough of this shit. See you in a bit. Right. Well, that's that then. Podcast number one done. Next week, uh, we've got a special guest, Jack Lloyd, who will be joining us. But between now and then, if you want to get in touch, you can go to our Facebook page. We're Comedy Kitchen Podcast on Facebook. Why not join the conversation on there? Uh, or you can tweet us at ComKitchenPod. Mm. Or uh, why not just send us an email, ComedyKitchenPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, it'd be good to get your thoughts on what's, what's happened there. Uh, but more to come. Uh, more in the pipeline and uh, yeah if you are local and uh, you want to come on and have a chat uh, then yeah just uh, get in touch uh, but yeah I'll, uh, I'll see you next week The Comedy Kitchen Podcast Everything you ever wanted to know about open mic comedy in the southwest of England